Welcome to All Power to the Developing, a podcast of the Eastside Institute, where social justice, human development, and community building come together. This is where you will meet activists, artists, teachers, scholars, helpers, and healers who are bringing creativity, hope, and possibility to individuals and communities all over the world. Friedman, host of this episode of All Power to the Development, uh, the podcast of the Eastside Institute, which is an international research and training center for social therapeutics and performance activists. I'm on the faculty of the Institute, and I'm also a longtime community organizer and and one of the founders of the Castillo Theater, which has been producing progressive community-based political theater in New York City for almost 40 years. Our guests today are, are Tiffany Turner and Ben Fink, who are among the leaders of a multiracial grassroots network linking rural and urban communities called Performing Our Future. Performing Our Future says of itself, quote, our goal is a future where everyone belongs and everyone's contribution matters, where together we can own what we make. I don't know about you, but if I just heard that, I'd sit down and turn the volume up where together we own what we make. That's something you don't hear very often, if ever, here in the United States, or for that matter, I'm afraid in much anywhere else. Uh, So I'm very excited about uh, learning more about the work of our guests and sharing it with you. So hi, Tiffany and Ben. Hello. Hello, Um, everyone. (laughs) Hi. Uh, where, Where are you calling in from? Tiffany, where are you? I am in a friendly city of Columbus, Mississippi. I'm, I'm at my mom's house and uh, delighted to be joining you today. We're delighted to have you. And Ben, where are you? And I am up on the other side of the country in Connecticut, where I'm doing some organizing work in the deindustrialized Naugatuck Valley. All right. Well, it's great to have you here. And uh by the, the, the miracles of modern technology for us all to be sitting down and being able to talk despite those physical difference, uh, distances. So I, I want to start with some basic broad strokes and then maybe drill down into more specifics. So what is performing our future? Uh, of course, I realize like any organization that's uh, worth its salt, it keeps evolving and, and developing and changing. Uh, but give, give our listeners some sense of, of what that uh, what your, co- what your coalition is, uh, its members, what, what they do, why you came together. And um, it'd be great if in telling the stories of the story of performing our future, you could also tell us a little bit about yourselves, how you connected to it, what you do there and, and why. So uh, I, I throw it out to either of you to get, start, get it started. So, um, so I'll, 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 I'll take a stab at it because um... Ben is the the first uh, lead organizer of performing our feature and was here during its its birth and and all the things that took was necessary to make it come to fruition and I inherited when it was a young baby and and now we're mm-hmm. in our toddler age so I can speak to you from that perspective so when I came on board last year performing our future uh, this uh, multi racial multifaceted 
coalition of all of these different folks from Alabama, Kentucky, uh, Baltimore, Maryland, and um, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, all of these people who look different, who sound different, who have these different beliefs coming together under uh, commonalities of empowering their communities. So that in essence is, is, is what we are. Um, I'm in Mississippi, I said that earlier. In Mississippi, we get a lot, if you've heard of Mississippi, you probably are frantic right now because we're talking about, because of all of the <laughs> bad things that you hear from Mississippi, all of the divides in, in, uh, from rural to urban, to color, to religion, to uh, social economic status, uh, all of those things are, are what I've been seeing. And also people who have uh, not had the power to tell the stories, not been in control of, of their narrative and, and not um, being um, bolstered or, or held up to, to, to feel proud. And so when I came into performing our futures uh, world, I was blown away, blew my mind. Uh, we, I've went from a super, super uh, rural park place to this super urban place in, in Baltimore, Maryland. But everybody was uh, friendly and kind and, and opened me with, with warm, warm feelings and open arms. Uh, Dan, I'll have to share with you uh, some of the first uh, responses that I got from some partners when I was in Kentucky and Ben was taking me cross country to meet uh, one of our partners, Miss Gwen Johnson. And she's just this uh, dynamic lady. Uh, Dan just just fills a room up uh, with her personality. And when I first uh, walked into uh, Black Sheep Bakery, which is a uh, community center power in uh, Kentucky, she said, oh, my goodness, you're black. And for our listeners, if you can't see me, I am black. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a black, I'm African-American girl. I've got uh, locks and the whole nine. And But she, the way she said it, Dan, you know, uh, coming from Mississippi and us white lady saying that to me um, a, a, as if it sounds like it sounds like it would be a horrible thing. But I felt so much love because she was saying that because she was excited about it seeing a person of color in this position that I'm in bringing people together across these divides. It just, it just made her so happy. And, and I felt like, okay, maybe I'm in the right place in space. Mm. So uh, performing our future is just a coalition that brings folks together and gives them support, um, helps them to, to better their communities. And we share ideas and, and we share challenges and, and, and we have challenges sometimes. Sometimes when we come together, we talk and it's all good. And sometimes the talk turn into some disagreements, which is which is good, you know. Mm -hmm. But we we have boundaries for resolving that conflict and we know how to do it respectfully. Uh, that that's my take on it. But I'm gonna let Ben tell us some of the parts of of how we got to this place where I'm at, where I came in, was able right. to pick up the uh pick up the uh pieces and run but ben's going to give us a little bit of history because he is the uh, one of the masterminds behind this baby so ben you take it away yeah ben and you always learn a lot about what something is by knowing its history so 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 tell us how this all came together yes so there is a lot of talk about 
community coalitions and you know working across divides this is stuff that you hear a lot these days and so a legit question is what is distinctive about performing our future what could performing our future add to it what and and what can we what can other groups learn from what performing our future has done and a lot of that comes from performing our future's origins in roadside theater, which is grassroots Appalachian theater company um, where Tiffany now works. And I have, I, I worked for many years and still involved um, on a contract basis in different ways. And roadside theater founded in 1975 on one hand, deeply, deeply rooted in the culture of East Kentucky, Southwest Virginia, Southern West Virginia, um, Northeast Tennessee, that area of coal country. Right? The, it is an ensemble of by and for the people in coal country who are mostly poor, mostly white, and mostly economically exploited. And digging deep into that history, digging deep into how we came to be, what uh, what the history of people here is, what they have done and what's been done to them and the way that the people there have resisted that, the way people have resisted long-term, century-long systematic economic exploitation. And one of the ways that has happened always is through cultural work, through telling stories, through sharing stories, through singing songs, through preaching, through food, and what Roadside has always done is recognize those traditions, learn those traditions deeply, and lift those traditions up and affirm them and reflect them back to the community itself to say, this is the power we have. This is the wealth that we have. This is what we have created. This is what we're up against. And the, this is how we can build of, by, and for ourselves in a way that's deeply culturally rooted in a very specific place on one hand. And then on the other hand, at the same time, roadside has always been deeply intercultural. So recognizing both the specificity of what's going on in the coal fields and then recognizing the really, really deep, profound ways in which so much of that is shared in communities across the country and beyond that do not in any obvious way look the same, right? Where people are of different races, different ethnicities, different religions, different politics, different relationships to you know, rural and urban and geography, North and South, East and West, and not in a we're all the same la 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 kumbaya way because there are deep differences and nothing helps you bring up those differences like making a piece of theater together and not just one piece of theater together but oftentimes many pieces of theater together over decades long collaborations ongoing collaborations mm -hmm. but also recognizing in a deep way that we are fighting a lot of the same stuff we're using a lot of the strategies that are similar to fight that stuff. And by working together, we can be stronger in employing those strategies that any of us could be alone. Mm -hmm. And so that's where 
performing our future comes out of that legacy. And what's new is around 2010, right, the bottom started dropping out of the coal industry in East Kentucky. And the problem started being not only economic exploitation, but also just there's no jobs, right? Just the wealth is gone. What do we do? And so roadside by necessity, right? As a community, as a grassroots theater company always responds to what's going on, right? We are sector agnostic, I've heard it said, just like other community centers of power that we work with. And so it's okay, we're going to bring in some development economists. We're going to talk about how do we not just build our wealth of stories, but build our wealth of economic power? How do we create jobs? How do we create businesses? How do we create opportunities out of those same strategies that we have always used to tell stories and understand each other in a cultural way? And so performing our future is the outgrowth of that. Performing our future is not just a collaboration among theater companies in different locations from different backgrounds we've been talking about, but also a collaboration among community gardens and social clubs and churches and all of the different community centers of power, places, organizations, networks of by and for communities that where people create together and own what they make. And so last thing, the way I like diagrams, right? I got lots of diagrams and infographics because we're creating knowledge as we go. And so what it is, is if you, if you imagine a triangle, um, that's the same triangle, but just three different points and all the work inside of it, the way those points interact with each other. One of those points is we tell our own stories. We as a community in its full diversity. Another one of those points is we build our own power, organize people, organize money, organized ideas to make change. And the third point is we create our own wealth. And then in the middle of that triangle where all that comes together is we own what we make. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. Uh, now, in addition to Roadside Spirit, there are other organizations that are, that are part of performing, um, performing our future. Um, like, for example, I, I think, uh, Tiffany, you first came in through an organization, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Black, Black, uh, Black Belt Citizens. So tell us about that. And then let's hear about the other uh, organizations, where they are and, and what and how you great. work together. Great, great. So, yes, I was introduced to Performing Our Future through Black Belt Citizens United Fighting for Justice. Um, this organization, my work started with that organization doing some voter restoration for formerly incarcerated people in Alabama. Uh, there was some legislation that passed a few years back and um, because of lack of a lot of things, folks didn't, they weren't aware about these changes and they weren't aware that they had um, have regained the right for them to vote. And so there's a process process that takes place. Um, You have to notify them. It's an easy process, but a process nonetheless, a sheet of paper has to be filled out. You have to have access to that paper. You have to have access to the printer. You have to have access to be able to get those things to the proper uh, entities that need them. So I assisted, um, I assisted uh, BBC Black Belt Citizen with doing that over the course of um, six months, I believe, and we were able to um, help folks out 
I think to the tune of about maybe 150 to 200 people in that time, which is sounds like a little, little, uh, but it's, it's a lot. And, and so many other uh, to go, because there's like over 100,000 people who qualify for this thing, but didn't didn't have the knowledge or the know how to do that. So I uh, did some work in that and, and uh, got some got some votes, some folks, uh, voters rights. Um uh, given back to him. But then also there was a, um, an election happening, an election cycle happening in Uniontown, which is one of the partners of Performing Our Future. And we assisted like um, on the ground work with that, some training, uh, training uh, folks, uh, poll working, um, did a small, small training on like absentee voting, which is, which is always a huge thing in any election. Uh, and no matter where you are. Um, so got wrapped up into that. And then um, the uh, coordinator for BBC says, Tiffany, there's this opportunity and I think you should go for it. And Dan, I, I, um, <laughs> I, I really was scratching my head about it because I was in a world where uh, civic duty stuff and in all of my community organizing stuff was secondary to my first career as a healthcare worker or a nurse where I was, was used to doing stuff, uh, you know, going to a clinic or going to see patients and giving shots and, and whatnot, having some type of tangible results at the end of my work day. And um, I was, it was, a uh, it, it catapulted me to a different mind state to say that maybe I should transition from this and go into doing some organizing full time. So I teetered with that a bit uh, back and forth do I want to do it? Plus the pandemic kind of gave me a boost to get on out of nursing. I know you guys are probably familiar with all the things that's been happening in healthcare uh, since the pandemic, but leaped in, got connected, interview process, uh, passed all of that, and finally got to the right door where Ben Fink was waiting on the other side and um, um, got me some training. Ben took me into these communities and my mind was just blown at the progress. At um, like Ben mentioned earlier, how different they looked on the outside. But when it comes down to the principles, we were so much alike. And, and I've never done so, such work that is so close to my, to my personal life. It's a parallel line. And even in prepping for this, um, podcast we discovered that man this just speaks to so many different communities no matter what what you look like on the outside we're all just trying to trying to make our communities a better place for us yeah i think it's very interesting that your background is is in healthcare uh, and in a way you, you're still working on health but on a a, a larger level uh, and it, correct me if i'm wrong but isn't there also a link between the coal ash that originated in East Kentucky and then got dumped uh, in, in Alabama. And in that, yes. in, yeah. And is that, uh, was that the original way roadside connected to uh, Black Belt? I mean, yeah, Black Belt Citizens you know, United. The, the, actually, the answer is no. That mm -hmm. is, it was a coincidence. What, what happened, it's funny because... I, I, this is a useful moment to point out an irony in the work. Roadside, performing our future, the different partners, Tiffany and I, people we work with, 
very dedicated to change coming from the people, right? It's, it is amplifying people's voices, affirming the voices of people that are not heard, that have been put down, and that they are leading the work. And I say that because the irony is that we got the roadside got connected to Uniontown through two private funders that do what funders often do, which is attempt to create shotgun marriages of a kind, right? Hey, you are doing this thing and you are doing this thing. You should work together. And Mm -hmm. I am generally very suspicious of that because I've seen it go wrong in a lot of ways, but got that connection in, it was December of 2017, had really been working the last couple of years to build the, what became the East Kentucky delegation of performing our future called the Letcher County Culture Hub. And was at that moment really actively looking for partners as we were looking to build out the connections, which which would become the performing our future coalition and already had a plan trip to the deep South anyway, to meet with a few other potential collaborators. And so when I got this, I thought, Oh, let's see where this goes. Met with local partners, um, got on the phone with the Black Belt Citizens Coordinator, the person that Tiffany was talking about before, and said, all right, we're going to come on down. And this is what we do, right? Before we make anything together, we visit each other. You come to my community, I come to your community, we share food, we stay at each other's houses, we go to church together sometimes, we go, you know, do music and other storytelling and all that together. And we see, all right, is there, you know, what connections are there? Because I have never seen it fail that you put people who are on the ground connected with their communities together and they will find connections that you never knew existed, right? We talk so much about how divided we are. And what is true is we have been divided. There are a lot of powerful forces that are trying to divide us. Some of those same forces that have been working hard to exploit us. And that is part of the same process. But you make it possible for people to come together. They recognize connections that they never knew they had. And between Letcher County, Kentucky and Uniontown, that ended up taking particularly concrete form in the form of this seven story mountain of coal ash buried at a landfill just a few miles south of downtown Uniontown, Alabama, middle of the Black Belt, about a half an hour west of Selma, where, yeah, this 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 mountain of coal ash that is getting into the water supply and damaging people's health in all sorts of ways that of course the landfill company is denying. And it's been a huge issue there. Been a lot of studies on it, a lot of media attention. Well, turns out in the words of Gwen Johnson, leader from East Kentucky, who Tiffany was talking about before um, she came down for the first performing our future coalition meeting that following July, 2018 and we start sharing stories about this mountain of coal ash. Turns out that coal was burned by the Tennessee Valley Association um, in East Tennessee. And that coal was mined in Letcher County, Kentucky. Specifically, mm-hmm. some of that was in the Scotia mine, which is one of the worst mining disasters in the history of the country. And so, as Gwen put it, when she went back to Letcher County, reported to other community leaders in the culture hub, the same coal 
that killed our people is killing their people. Mm. Wow. Well, that speaks a lot to, to what performing our futures is. There are two other partners that I'm aware of, right? The, the Arch Social Community Network in Baltimore and the Rural Urban Flow, which is, is based in Milwaukee. Maybe you could briefly tell us about them and, and how they got connected. Because I know you've talked about going to Baltimore, Tiffany, so maybe you want to tell us about them. Well, um... I can tell you a bit about my experiences uh, visiting. Um, I've never been to such an urban place as uh, Baltimore before in my little country life, uh, my little young country life. Uh, so venturing up there, was it was beautiful. Our social club is uh, an old social club, probably, I think, a 100 plus years. It's a gentleman's only club, uh, which is fascinating because it's a gentleman's only club, but they have a leadership with uh, Denise Johnson, who is also the president of uh, Performing Our Future. So it's, it's, I guess they need uh, a woman's touch and perspective to, to uh, definitely guide them in the way they need to go. But uh, upon my arrival there, uh, we, we went to visit the social club at night, Dan, and I'm from the South and, you know, people are usually generally inside you know, ready to do whatever they're doing inside. But there were a lot of people everywhere, Dan. They were just walking and walking into the streets. Like, I dare this car to hit me. (laughs) But then I was talking to Denise and Denise said, oh, no, this is this is usual behavior because in Baltimore, they don't have a lot of backyard space. They have these row homes. And so they congregate on the sidewalks and on the streets. And this is their space. And so instead of them having these yards like we have, or, or maybe in Kentucky too, all this space, they they take to the streets and they don't uh, give uh, leeway to the traffic or the cars. They just they just are there. Um, but there, when I first went, I was all green eyed anyway, Dan. So I don't have a lot of fear. Um, but to to someone who is, uh, you know. Uh, skittish or um, squeamish about a lot of people probably will present a problem to you but I was like oh my goodness these people are walking so freely down the street and I would love to talk to them and I would like to see them and it was just a shocker for me Uh, but talking to Denise Denise and and John Harris who are our partners uh, they have a great 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 uh, uh, list of programming happening in art social um Art Social Club. They have derived this network uh, called Art Social Network in which they work with other uh, organizations and clubs. And they're basically uh, trying to change the narrative of of Baltimore, trying to see why uh, the break, what, what happens and why is there such a breakdown when it comes to them working together? whether it be for folks getting credit or folks getting a, a, a substantial amount of money. Uh, we had an issue where we were talking about how difficult it is sometimes for small organizations to even um, compete for funds because there's oftentimes a, a bottleneck organization who beats everybody to the punch. They have all check all the boxes and, and then they get all the funding and 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 they because they write these amazing grant proposals and so on and so forth. But then when these communities that are on the ground, these grassroots communities are on the ground that are actually doing the work, go for this funding, there's none. Uh, 
So uh, they're doing tons of work in that department, but I can't tell you exactly how uh, they came into the fold. And I think uh, uh, my friend Ben could help us out here and tell us a little bit about, I think you'll be talking about Mr. Flooney and, and others. Actually, it goes back deeper than that. So really? Roadside had worked with the Arch since 2011 as part of an organization called Alternate Roots, um, which is unites a lot of artists and theater makers across the South and the South liberally interpreted, which includes Maryland, which is south of the Mason-Dixon line, and working to support and promote artists working within their communities on the grassroots level and wrestling with issues of justice and injustice. And so Roadside was part of building this huge, you know, 10,000 person festival in West Baltimore in 2011. And that's when Roadside first started working with the Arch, Arch Social Club long before there was an Arch Social Community Network. Then mm -hmm. 2015 happens, Freddie Gray gets killed by the police and huge uprising across West Baltimore. And at the center of that uprising is the Penn North neighborhood where the Arch Social Club is at. And so the Arch Social Club became, as a community center of power does, again, responds to what's going on on the ground. As Tiffany said, community centers of power often get overlooked by the funders. They're not overlooked by their communities. Um, we've got, fun got to get funders to look at them more because when all the stuff was happening in the streets. People needed a safe place to go. People needed a place to process, to connect with other people. They went right in the door of the Art Social Club. The Art Social Club became this, this, this really important place for a community to come together even more than it already had been as a social venue, a music venue, you know, community meeting venue. And they recognized we've got to do more than this. And this is where the idea of the Art Social Community Network came from, which is a nonprofit, um, this is now the nonprofit wing of the Art Social Club run by Denise Johnson and John Harris, as Tiffany was saying. And they talked with us about doing this work because they knew that Roadside is involved in, was involved in this work too. And we shared with them some of the language that we'd been developing with these economists we've been working with, including Dr. Flooney Hutchinson, who Tiffany was talking about, the notion of a culture hub, right? Building an organization that can catalyze a community turning latent assets into community wealth. And they said, yes, this is what we're doing too. This is what we want to build. And so they started building it themselves. We were in touch, you know, at conferences and phone calls kind of in, informally. And then come 2018, we start building the relationships that lead to the Performing Our Future Coalition. We asked them, hey, does Art Social Community Network want to be a part? They said, absolutely. Had some community meetings in Baltimore, met with a lot of their leadership, both the club and the network. And then that collaboration has taken off ever since. And actually, Flooney Hutchinson, who worked in East Kentucky for many years doing a long-term residency is now in the midst of a long-term residency in West Baltimore, working with the Arts Social Community Network as the major partner. And that relationship was brokered by Roadside through the Performing Our Future Coalition. So another example of how we together 
can command more resources, more connections, build more power, build more wealth than any of us could ourselves. Right. And very quickly, because we're going to have to take a break in a minute, tell us about rural urban flow and its, its connection with this. So rural urban flow, uh, that's quickly become one of my, one of my um, favorite places to visit uh, because it's, it definitely um, hits the, the rural urban divide on the head within, within this delegation. It uh, is uh, comprised of uh, Milwaukee and Sauk County, Sauk City. Um, these, Milwaukee is totally, totally what you expect in a city. It's got all kind of different ethnicities. It's got all kind of different people and all that kind of different religions, artists, uh, poets, um, folks that love uh, making their own music uh, in uh, an extraordinary place, which I love, uh, Alice's Garden. And so this is a community garden and it, it, the background of it is phenomenal. It talks about it. If you talk to the executive director, Venus Williams, she will tell you the story about about this land that the garden is um, is on. This is uh, mis- uh, this place lots from families there, and it's like ninety plus lots. And each lot represents a family that was displaced there. But it, the gist of it is that it has a key. It, it has a lock on it, Dan. But it's like two hundred keys. Everybody, mm-hmm. it's got a lock, but it's it's locked, but it's open to anyone, right? And so you come in and, and you get your plot and you're responsible for taking care of that, that plot and growing whatever you wish on it. But it's got so many other dynamics in there. It's got a lamorite that you can walk. It's this yoga that takes place in this in this spot. And they do um, t- t- teaching about uh, the natural waterways there. And so that's quickly become one of my favorite spots. But then on the flip side, you go out to, to uh, Salt County. And then you see all of these dairy farms and all of these other uh, indigenous people and and they come together and they share stories. And uh, there's this uh, festival that we visited, uh, Fermentation Fest, that happens annually um, where they invite vendors to come out and, and share different fermented goods um, and also allows for different um, different families to tell their traditional stories and there's artwork that blows your mind in. Uh, this year they were featuring some some uh, sheep made with with wool, but but it was a fascinating uh, twist to it and and it, it's just um, just describes one of the divides that we that we talk about, which is that rural urban, and they just uh, teach us that even though I, I may be out in Salt County. I still have those same needs as someone in Milwaukee. I still have those same desires uh, for my community to be fulfilled, for my stories to be heard. Uh, the Ho-Chuck tribe, we learned so much about them uh, when I was up there about this land that was that was taken away from them, but also gifted back. But Dan was given back to them in a state where they cannot use it. Uh, all Everything was stripped from this land, literally. And so I guess because um, because they used it all, they said, well, we used everything that we can. We'll give this back to you. And they literally can do nothing but tell the story. There's a beautiful artwork displayed there. But that's another um, important 
phase and phrase of performing our feature, identifying things that happen just like that. How do we stop things like this happening? Why, why wouldn't it uh, have been thought to say, we probably should give this land back to them so that they can make good use of it while they still can. Instead, somebody had an afterthought to say, we've used it all that we can. So we'll, we'll give it back to them on good faith that uh, this will make everything right for us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that's uh, such a common story, not only in the United States, but all over the world where colonizers come in, take it, suck it dry. And, and then maybe they have a pang of conscience and give it back, but it, it's, it's a meaningless apology. But let's pause on that for a moment because I, we do need to take a quick break and then we'll come back. And I want to ask you both about your notion of power and, it's, and, and how that's related to community organizing and the, or community work that you're doing. So let's just hold that thought and we'll be back in a minute. Hi, I'm Melissa Meyer, Associate Director of the Eastside Institute. Welcome to All Power to the Developing. I hope you're enjoying today's conversation. In each episode, we introduce you to some amazing performance activists, play revolutionaries, and developmentalists from around the world who talk to us about their creative grassroots efforts to build a better world. If you like what you hear, please follow and share the series. You can find us on Amazon, Spotify, and Podbean. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas. Like everything at the Institute, the growth of all power to the developing depends upon the people who create it and benefit from it. We hope you're one of them. Thanks for your support. And now back to our conversation. Welcome back to All Power to the Developing. I'm Dan Friedman, and our guests today are Tiffany Turner uh, and Ben Fink of the Performing Our Future Coalition. I don't know what word to, to, to call it, but it's a, it's a, Coalition's a, good. a grassroots network of people throughout the South and, uh, and extending all the way to the Midwest, but not a top-down organization. That's what I feel so excited about hearing about their work because it's all things that ordinary people have created for themselves and um and 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 are experimenting exploring how to connect and how to create a better future and the the quote you call the group performing our future why performing our future i mean you could also have called it um building our future or uh, imagining our future what is it about performance that uh, that speaks to you because everybody performs. Say more. Everybody performs in one way or the other. You know, at the most granular level, you know, we do it all the time. We talk with everybody, but and and just go through our lives. But in the broader sense, everyone wants to play. Everyone needs to play. Whether you're talking about playing an instrument or playing, you know, a game, or this is like it, it's. There's a reason why when you just put kids in a room together, they just start playing, right? They figure something out. Um, and the reason adults don't do it to the extent we don't do it is because we've unlearned it. How have we unlearned it? We've been told we've got to be serious, right? We've got to be told, um, we got to be told what to do. We have been, it's the same processes of economic exploitation that we're talking about, right? One thing we talk about a lot in performing our future is that culture drives development one way or the other. So if you've got economic development 
based on extraction and exploitation, right? As we were just talking about before about a lot of native lands, you take everything you can from the land, you take everything you can from the people, and then you, you know, go on and leave them to their fate. That requires a culture based in sit down, shut up and do what you're told. Right. And that's mm-hmm. a culture just like any other. Right. But if you want to have a different kind of development, if you want to have an economy where we own what we make, an economy of buy and for a community in its full diversity, that requires a very different kind of culture. That requires a culture where everybody can play together, where mm-hmm. everybody can make stuff together, where people, to use language from our economist colleague, can unbound their imaginations. And there is no better place to start that than in performance, than in making plays together, than in making concerts together, than in making festivals and dances. And this is the way in. It Mm -hmm. is something everybody can see themselves in because all their stories are part of it. It is affirming who people are, who their communities are, reflecting them back to themselves. And then when you get people involved in making performances, then they build trust with each other. Then they build relationships with each other and they're ready to build power together. And they're ready to build wealth together in ways that that would not have been possible had we not started by performing and by playing. Wow, thank you. That's beautiful and it reverberates remarkably with the work that we do at the Eastside Institute and, and the other groups that we work with up here in New York. Um, you've written elsewhere, Ben, and in a way it's, it's just saying what you just said, that, but I love the quote, the goal is to weave everyone's experiences and perspectives into a bigger story or the bigger story. Um, and this is a question for both of you. Uh, what, what, do you what is the bigger story you're discovering or that you're creating? Okay, so I'll take that. Um, the biggest, the bigger story right now uh, for performing our future is empowering people, empowering people across this country and abroad to know that you know you're not alone. Uh, one of the uh, partners uh, mentioned to me how relieved he felt when he found his tribe with performing our future because it seems like. You're pulling this entire load in your communities because most of our communities are impoverished. Most of them are lacking uh, the best schools, the best uh, medical care, even shoot the the best parks, even a park. So it feels like you're pulling along all of this stuff by yourself or individually. But when you come with someone who who has had experience or have has had experiences, similar to that or even you know a little a little worse they're able to give you guidance give you power to say listen you're not alone in this and this is how we have handled this let's listen at your situation let's sit down and let's think through these things so empowering people giving them the tools that they need to become empowered to to become self-sufficient in their communities is a big part of what we want. And, and I think uh, going back to what Ben was saying, we have to learn how to play again. Uh, performance performance is, is, you know, entertaining, right? But then I'm going to go back and put my nurse's hat on 
because it is a release of all of these stressors that we've been taking and holding on to. We have an outlet. We have a, a way to kind of decompress all of these things that have been bottled up inside of us. And sometimes we bottled up so tightly that we don't even realize that we're carrying it around. So mm-hmm. for me, it's, it's those things and just learning more people just because uh, Ben has this nice uh, fresh cut, which our, our listeners mm-hmm. can't see, uh, doesn't give him any more, uh, any more intellect or any more know-how than than you and, and, and your golden self, <laughs> you know? So, so, you know, uh, just uh, reaching beyond the surface of what we see, uh, getting a chance to sit down and actually have a conversation and breaking the ice with performance is the yeah. way that I think we're going to be able to do that. Yeah. So. I, love what you, I love what you're saying about performance as a, as a, a release of all the tension and pain of, of personal and, and uh, longer term group history. The other thing about performance, tell me what you think about this is uh, I think and we often talk here at the Eastside Institute about performance as a way of uh, growing, that that you, it gives you permission to be who you are and who you're not at the same time, or, or, or a different version of who you are. And it opens up all kinds of po- new possibilities for not only how the individual sees or feels about themselves, but how you relate to other people. And, and it, uh, so does that, is, what, do you, what do you think of that? that notion of just to be one thing and one thing only mm-hmm. right you are yeah. a worker you are going to that coal mine every day and coming out and you're going to make what little pittance we give you and if you get injured you know you're not a coal miner anymore we're going to cut you loose you're useless to us and yeah. if and and if people accept that definition of themselves then there is no way we get to we own what we make then there is no way we get to what we would call democracy, right? In people need to recognize all the different things they can do. And performance is such a powerful vehicle for that, right? I'm, I'm very influenced by Augusto Boal talking about the demechanizing of the body, literally learning to move different ways, yeah. ways that you're not accustomed to moving because you've not been taught to move that way. And your body and your mind are connected. Um, I mean, the number of times, not only obviously across sites in performing our future, all people say, I have never, you know, guy in Milwaukee, I've never been to, you know, the the black belt of Alabama or the old fields of Kentucky before. And what is this? What is this new thing in my life? And finding allies here in places I've been told I'm only going to find enemies, right? Because they voted differently or they, you know, do religion differently or what else. But even within their own communities, I cannot tell you the number of times when we have had a community meeting at one volunteer fire department, one place in Letcher County, Kentucky, or one community center in another place in Letcher County, Kentucky. And people who have lived in this county their entire lives say, I have never been to that place before. Mm-hmm. I have never met those people before, let alone recognize that these are allies that can build together and overcome obstacles and overcome exploiters together. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I want to just then connect that. This will be our, our final topic, I guess, for today. 
although I hope we continue this conversation in many, many ways and many venues going forward. Uh, you, uh, and that's to relate what you just ex uh, talked about, Ben and, and, and Tiffany, this ability to perform, this ability to be exposed to new things that you've been, you've been kept from, this, this expanding of our, our, our framework of how we see the world and how that relates back to power. Um, it relates to the notion that, uh, that, we, that we started with, which is uh, where we together own what we make um, and, how that, and how that is a, an embodiment or a vision for what power is. So, so how does all this uh, translate into power? What is power to you? Let me, I'll take this one if that's cool. And Tiffany, if you'll follow up. Yeah, power is real important and people are often scared to talk about it. We're mm. not scared to talk about it in performing our future. Roadside theater has never been scared to talk about it because we come out of the populist tradition. Populism in the genuine sense coming out of the, the, the farmers alliances of yeah. the late 19th century, the labor movement in the 1930s and the civil rights movement in the 1960s and the lineages that connect all those things. And Tiffany and I can both trace our lineage right back through that history, which mm -hmm. says either a few people are deciding what's going to happen for everybody else or all those people are deciding together, right? And you and people don't want to, if, if you've got the say-so, um, if you can make a lot of decisions for other people and along the way extract their wealth, you don't want those people to have that say-so. And so you are going to do what you can to stop them from doing that. And so in order to change that situation, those people that have been robbed of their voice, have been robbed of their ability to make change, have got to build power. And that's not about partisanship. That's not about us versus them and about you know, good guys versus bad guys. This is about we can't own what we make until we've got the power. We've got the ability to make change on our own terms and make that we as big as possible. Performing Our Future Coalition has got people across the political spectrum, as well as all of the other divides that we've been talking about. Um, and because they are all committed to we own what we make. A lot of people, you know, I'm a self-described communist Jew from the Northeast. Technically not true, because where's there a communist party worth joining these days? But I walk into a volunteer fire department in East Kentucky with a lot of Trump voters. We see immediately that we are not enemies we see that we're all looking to build power. We got some different analysis of it, but there's a lot of similarities. And we start working together to make it possible for everybody to have a voice, to tell their stories, to create together and own what they make. And it just becomes intuitively true. So we, another thing that is true in the populist tradition, we don't just make theater and make businesses, we organize intentionally coming out of the tradition of community organizing, both the civil rights tradition of community organizing and the Alinsky broad-based tradition of community organizing and the way that both of those have connected with labor history. Like this is stuff that we study. This is stuff that we practice. This is stuff we learn. The Performing Our Future Coalition has got organizations in it that are explicitly connected to farm worker organizing, health organizing, civil rights organizing, racial justice organizing, indigenous organizing, and that is an essential part of the work. 
And so we are explicitly building power. We're explicitly building inclusive power. It's power with, not power over. But when an exploiter comes along, there's going to be tension. We, we embrace that tension. We invite people in to build with us. You know, the populist tradition is all about building the commonwealth where everybody's got what they need and everybody contributes. If you want to build that commonwealth and you're a Trump supporting, you know, former strip mine boss, come right in. We would love to work with you. But if you're going to get in the way and try to exploit the people that are in your community or that are in other communities, then we're going to have some words. Yes. Wow. Thank you. And, and, and Tiffany, if people, uh, listeners want to learn more about um, performing our future or get in touch with you, is there, is there a website or some place that, that we should, you can direct them? Yes, yes. Uh, there's a website, performingourfuture.org. Uh, there is also, you can um, uh, reach out to uh, Roadside or Apple Shops uh, website, which is www.appleshot.org. Um, there is a direct uh, email to myself, which is Tiffany at Apple Shop, A-P-P-A-L-S-H-O-P.org. You can give, call me at any time. I'll put this out there too, Dan. I'm not shy to answer the phone. I'm a little old school like that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it, uh, oh, Ben is telling me that it's performingourfuture.com. Uh, but my phone number is 662-609-4976. I'm a little old fashioned. I still like a phone call and, and I'm not a stranger to receiving them. Right. So um, all of those uh, uh, ways are ways to get in contact with us. Great. And I don't call that old, old old school. I call that organizing. All right. Yeah. <laughs> right. One-to-one relationships. Yeah. That, that's awesome. That's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, that's my favorite way. Well, thank you so much for, for coming on All Power to the Developing. And uh, I, I loved hearing what you're doing. And uh, I'm very inspired by your work. And uh, as I said, I'd love to keep in touch. So, so thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for having us, Dan. Thank you so much. All Power to the Developing has been brought to you in part by the Baylor Wolf Fund.